0: Welcome to The Proper Blokes, brought to you by PRISM, the creators of The Disputable Take. And here is your host, Matthew Medina. This is The Proper Blokes podcast. Welcome. This is part of The PRISM Network. I'm your host, Matthew Medina. And I'm sure you're like, again, he's going to apologize. I know I keep apologizing for the helter-skelter nature of the programming. But again, it's, it's a little hard to try to do everything. Uh, get to show prep get it recorded get everything sent out when you also have a full-time job and you have a life um there's some family issues that came up uh last week and a half so so real honest my head wasn't really exactly dialed in the game um haven't i didn't watch too much i've been catching up um so and last weekend i took a little break went out to the west coast of florida obviously i didn't go out to california so um, had fun there, relaxed, recharged, ready to roll. And again, you know, I'm not going to go into too many details. I know some people do, and maybe if I had like my own syndicated show, I might, but out of respect for my family, I'm just going to go into, not going to go into too many details, but, uh, just know so far, so good. So, uh, again, thanks. If you're still listening, we really appreciate everybody who's been subscribing. We're growing at a pretty good rate there. i very excited with the numbers that we're seeing. We're well on our way, uh, to being on the top 100, uh, on iTunes. So, almost there. Um, but again, thank you for listening. to part of the Prism Network. This is the Proper Books Podcast. We talk specifically soccer on here. Uh, we don't just talk domestic. We talk everything domestic, uh, English, European, you know, tournaments, everything like that. So, uh, let's just get on to business. Let's go ahead and let's get started. Um, today's topics, we're going to talk EPL Top 4, Champions League Semi-Finals, and coming up, why Orlando City... Are probable locks to win the MLS Cup. However, we begin in England with the most watched league in the world. Uh, first, like I said, we're heading to the to the Empire across the pond. We're gonna take a look at the EPL. Surprise, surprise! Manchester United followed up a huge win with, you guessed it, two draws. So their unbeaten streak in the Premier League is awesome. It's great. Should be applauded. They don't lose, but they draw all the time. They have ten. They have like 10 draws at home. They're going to look back at this year and say they were probably the best team in the league and they didn't even win it. They didn't even come second. They didn't come third. And they didn't even come fourth. They're fifth. Uh, they've give, They're tied for second for giving up the least amount of goals. Um, and we'll come back to all that in just a second. But now, in the heavy fixture list of May, where they have nine games, they now have to compete with Al Zlatan, Marcus Rojo, Chris Smalling, Phil Jones, Timothy Fosumenza, Luke Shaw, and they have to have fatigued players rotate and play those nine games in May. Intense games, by the way. Um, i still going to contend that the Europa League is the best way for them to get into the Champions League. I'm not 100% sure now they can do it. Um, it's just really kind of a thin team right now. Combined with Jose's refusal to play academy kids that, um, you know, this team doesn't have any any juice left. They don't have anything in the tank. Um, Timothy Fosu-Mensa came in for like 10 minutes and separated his shoulder. And, you know, Josie had a little funny moment in the game Sunday and he just started to warm up like he was going to play. But um, this isn't a deep team right now because everybody's injured and he hasn't rotated, he hasn't trusted the academy players. And they're going to look back at this year and he's probably going to look back at the beginning of the season and said, should have trusted the guys more, should have given them the belief. But he probably will not admit that. But, um, you know, I'm not... Whatever, it is what it is. Um, it's nice Juan Mata might be coming back soon, so that's good. Uh, but Pogba has nothing left. Despite, we've been saying on the show, and we're not just because we're homers, but despite what the the, the mass media, and I do want to give credit. Um, I think his name is Adam West. Let me pull up my Twitter. Fox Sports has a soccer writer. He's very well. He's very good. And I'll pull him up for you in just a second. Pogba has been fantastic this year. Aaron West. With Fox Sports, uh, giving him a shout out because he, I direct messaged him, said he had a good article, and he messaged me back to thanks. So, um, you know, game sees game, not really, but sounds cool. Uh, read his article. Pog Pog has been really good this year, despite what people have been saying. It's just trying to get headlines. You know, people in the media, my fellow uh, peers in the media, trying to get headlines. We don't do that. We're probably, you know, I'm not Stephen A. Smith, and we're probably not going to make fifty million dollars a year like he does or whatever. But um, at least we have our integrity. Um, there's just not much to break down here. It's the same old, same old. They defend awesome. They can't score goals. Uh, the midfield's def- definitely going to need reinforcements. It's not that the players aren't good enough. It's just they don't have enough. They need more because you have to rotate players. Um, you know, United tends to be in four competitions. And starting in September, that's when the games start to come and come flying and come rolling and they come quickly. So uh, you need a deep squad. And you also have to have players that understand, hey, you can't play every game. We're going to compete. This is one of the great things Sir Alec Ferguson would do. A lot of people would ask, you know, hey, your guys aren't playing in the Premier League for like eight weeks. He's like, yeah, but if you notice they played in the Champions League, they played in the FA Cup, and they played in the, the, the League Cup. Everybody always ended up with 50 games at the end of the season. So you have to have a team that buys in and says, hey, we're going to have 25 to 30 guys on this roster, and we're all going to play. It's just a matter of when I need to be prepared when my name is called. So you know, those are the type of players you have to bring into. So we'll see what they do. Um, you have to be patient, trust the manager as the, play, as the players. But having said that, Mourinho needs to trust his team. Uh, he needs to trust the squad. He needs to trust the academy. United has so many players filling out rosters in the EPL. Okay, so what? Maybe they're not the caliber of Manchester United. But it's okay to have guys that can help you compete on the League Cup while you're resting your big name players for the bigger tournaments. Nothing says you have to ride the academy players and the the squad players the entire League Cup run or the FA Cup run. They're there so that you can rotate your big names out so they can get some rest to get for the more meaningful games. Um, You know, we'll see. So let's go ahead. We're going to move on there. Because, you know, again, what are you supposed to say? They drew again. They drew again and again. That's what they do. Uh, there was the They're actually taking it to calling it, instead of the Theater of Dreams, they're calling Old Trafford the Theater of Draws, which is very apropos. Uh, so let's take a look at the actual top four. No surprises here. It looks just like we have been saying here for like a month and probably a little bit longer that. Chelsea continue to hold on to fourth. Spurs second. Liverpool third. City at fourth. Uh, Spurs finally... Uh, St. Totteringham's Day is canceled this year. Are going to finish above Arsenal in the league. I'm so extremely happy for them. Their fans, their manager, Marisa Pochettino. I'm a, me personally, the way I would build a business, even a business and a sports team. This is how I I really believe. I'm a big believer recruiting, teaching, promoting from within. Just as they have. I am not against free agency. But I like growing from within because you, you can fill out you can instill what your core beliefs are as a team as a company as a system and then you you sign the right pieces who can supplement complement or amplify the talent you already have um so i like what they're doing they, they bring it enough i would i again i've said it before i would really like them to just go out and sign a bunch of good you know backup players so they they don't have a deep roster. Their eleven might be the best in the in the Premier League. It, it literally might be the best. But again, you have to understand you're competing on multiple competitions, so you have to have a deep roster. So we'll see what they ha- what they do in the offseason. season. There's new stadiums going to be ready in 2018. They're going to use Wembley Stadium next year. So good for them. You know, really excited for them. Um, you know, we're just going to recap that game a little bit. They took it to Arsenal really. You I mean, it was it was. Arsenal had flashes here but they had no shot. Arsenal had no shot and then they got sucker punched in in the second half very early like 10 minutes in the second half. They got they gave up two goals and they were done. They were done. They have no fight, they have no spine, they have nothing. Um and we're speaking of Arsenal, they're a mess. And the years of not fortifying two key positions in my in my opinion, striker and defensive midfield have finally caught up with them. Teams forget how much money the Premier League generates now. The thought of what well, we have been established for. We've been an established name for 100 years. We're not going anywhere. That's true. You're not going anywhere. And Arsenal have no worry of being relegated. I wouldn't be concerned about that. However, the EPL has so much money that even bad teams have good players. Now, yes, the world-class players, they still end up on Barcelona. They still end up on... Um, Real Madrid, they still end up in Bayern Munich. You know, I'm I'm not saying that those teams aren't going to get nobodies. What I'm saying is there's a bunch of good players in the world, and they they'll take more money to play at places that don't seem luxurious because it's so much money. So every game in the Premier League is intense. Um, you know, it, you just you have to have deep rosters and you have to have strikers. You know, how does Crystal Palace have a better striker? than Arsenal. Like, Ben Teke is better than any striker they have. and, and um, Alexis isn't a striker. He's a winger. You know, I don't get it. I mean, you tell me. How do they not have a defensive midfielder? Shock Xhaka, I, I hear he's good, but I never see... He's never playing. And he play, I don't know. I just... I don't know. I don't like it. So it's going to be an interesting... Um, interesting summer for them. Having 10 number 10s doesn't help you win a, a Premier League. So... We'll see what they do. It's going to be a very interesting summer for all the big six teams. Teams need to reload. Teams have money to spend. Teams want to get back into the Champions League, get into the Champions League, stay in the Champions League, compete for titles. Very, 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 very interesting. So, uh, We're going to move on to the bottom real quick. We're just going to you know, be here real quick because I think it's kind of settled in on how it's going to fill out. We're looking at Sunderland, who've already been relegated. Middlesbrough, they're on the chopping block. They're next. The last spot is probably going to be um, going between Swansea and Hull. Based off the remaining fixture schedule, and I looked at it, you have to tip your cap to Hull City surviving. They have Crystal Palace and Sunderland before they close out with Spurs. and You're like, oh my gosh, they're playing Tottenham and another team that wants to stay. And I was like, Crystal Palace, I think, is fine. Swansea on the other hand have Everton and West Bromwich sandwiched around Sunderland. So they have two teams in the top half of the table that want to finish the season strong between in Everton and West Brom. So I I think I think um Hull City going to survive which is incredible based off how their season started where they barely they had 13 guys for their first three like two or three weeks. Their manager quit Right before the season started, they have no right. They were a lock for for relegation, a lock. So kudos to them through their ownership group to making a tough decision, firing their manager. It worked because I think they're going to stay. And even if they don't, it worked because they played a lot better. And it's not that I don't think Mike Feeling was getting support from the players. This new guy just is just he has them playing better. That's it. I think they did some also some recruitment in the January transfer window. So you got to give Hull City some credit there. They, I think they're going to make it. I think they, they should make it there. I don't, think so. I don't like what, I, what Swansea's done all season. So I don't think you should go to three managers. I, don't, I think that's ludicrous. How, how do you expect to win with three different managers? Three different managers in one season. Are you kidding me? So I don't like it. So let's go ahead and move on to the Champions League semi final. So, li- I literally only got one of the quarter, one of the semi, the quarterfinals right, and it was the one I was least confident about. Shows you what I know about continental European football, right? Uh, anyways, we have some tasty matchups here again because when you get to the Champions League quarterfinals and semifinals, they're usually pretty good. There, um, this is going to be really fun. You've got a Madrid Dar derby. And you have, we'll, we'll stay here for a second. Let's just talk about this. This one's going to be fun. Now, I've kind of recorded, I was writing this, getting everything prepped before the game, and I'm going to give you my results, or what I picked before the game, and I, I already know how what happened. So, this is what I was thinking before game one, okay? Um, <laughs> I thought, let, I think Atletico Madrid was going to win, um, twice to, They've been denied Champions League glory. Three times, actually, you could say. Because Real kicked them out of the tournament, um, I think, two years ago as well. So, they've been denied Champions League glory multiple times by their crosstown rivals. And I think I've let, I thought, I've let the goals gonna be a little bit more focused because they really, re- this is the last season of the Calderon. I really thought they were going to try and win it and go all in on this tournament. Um, and I can't deny the the fire part that goes, especially after what happened. Uh, but again, these are my thoughts from before the game. I'm going to give you my thoughts after the game. And I thought I thought Simeone was going to lead his men to Cardiff. I because the, here's the other thing I was looking at Real. They really they haven't won La Liga in forever. And they're still in first place, and it's becoming very 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 tight at the top there with Barcelona. So I know they as a as a team they they prioritize uh Champions League. They care more about European titles. That's just in their blood. That's what they care about. And yes, I understand that they've won the most La Ligas, you know, in the history of that of that of that division. But they Barcelona has dominated that league for the last 15 years, 17 years dominated. Um so I really thought they were gonna try and 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 win domestically. Um, you know, so they haven't won since 2011, 2012. Atlético won it once, and Barcelona's won it three times. So yes, the Champions League is always the prize. But I, me personally, you, maybe because I, <clears throat> I got into soccer through the Premier League, and they kind of prioritize the the Premier League over anything. So. You know, I'm always big on domestic success first. Just my belief. Now, having said that, game one happened and Real, you know, Ronaldo dropped a hat trick on them. I think the series is done. I think this tie is done. I like Atletico Madrid. I root for them. They have no shot. They don't have. They're not going to score four goals. They're just not going to do it and beat Real Madrid. This is over. Real Madrid are going to the finals. They're going to go to Cardiff. And I was completely wrong. And I literally texted my friend, who's a madrista. I texted him right before the game. I said, I like Atletico and I like uh, Juventus, who I'm going to talk about right now. And I said, which probably means it's going to be Real Madrid and Monaco in the finals. So I was right in being wrong, if that makes any sense. It probably doesn't, but just bear with me, okay? Just Just roll with it. So we're going to look at the other series now, and it's basically a tale of the Young Bucks versus the seasoned veterans. We have a dream matchup of the Immovable Object versus the Irresistible Force. Monaco versus the Old Lady Juventus. Now, in my opinion, this is a footballer's football tie. Monaco are a swashbuckling, potent offense. I mean, potent they're on the verge of banging in 100 goals in league play. And they have a pretty maneuverable fixture list to finish it off. I mean, they're they're in first place right now. They got a comfortable lead. I think they're going to finish it off. They have a bunch of games. They have three games against teams. That I think it's like seven. They have four games left. It's seven, nine, 11, and 16. They should win. They should easily win that. So, One of the big beliefs I've always said, I've said this in the podcast before, so I'm going to keep repeating. It's going to be one of the themes. Um, You always want to field your best 11. I think Monaco are going to be able to rotate and and, um, have their best 11 in both Champions League games. So we're going to have exciting play, in my opinion. Likewise, Juventus is the exact same thing. The Italian Giants are ahead in Serie A. Surprise, surprise. Also have a maneuverable schedule. They have Roma once, but they'll be fine. Um, they should also be able to field their best eleven. So, it's I think it's one of those. It's it's a weird matchup because the obvious headlines is great offense versus great defense, and I think that's actually a disservice to both teams. When you break it down and you go into the numbers a little bit more, you know we're going to we're going to move on to the old lady real quick, and then we'll go back to Monaco. They've scored seventy times. In A while only conceding twenty two, it's not so. It's not just that they don't give up goals; they out they're demolishing teams, demolishing them. Um, In the Champions League, they've conceded two goals, and they were both in group play. I mean, they shut out Barcelona over two weeks. Barcelona, you know the guy, Lionel Messi. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, he's pretty good. Luis Suarez, Neymar, blanked them twice. So. Yeah, their defense is fantastic. However, you know, I don't want to feel like Monaco's getting the, the short end of the stick here. They've also only considered 29 league goals themselves in a pretty free-flowing league. Um, you know, it's both teams have really good offenses. Both teams have really great defenses. And it, I think it's going to be a very fun who can get their tactics right. That's really what it's going to be on this one. And it's very hard. I don't really want to do this because I really would love to see Monaco in the finals. Just because I love what they've done as an as organization, top to bottom. How they rebuilt, what they're doing. I love it. They're like the French Tottenham, but even more explosive, if you can believe that. However, Juventus have been knocking on the door in this tournament. And I think their time is here. And if you think the Juventus are boring, then you're you're then you're, you're you don't watch football. The way they defend, I mean, is what do you? It's it's beautiful. It's they're they're physical, without fouling. You know, they're technical. They're they're so smart. They know where to be. They just know they just know how to defend, and it's a thing of art. And they have Dybala up front. You know, he's electric. You know, they have Mario Menzo. I mean, they're a very exciting team, Juan Cuadrado. I mean, they're not – this is not some boring defensive team. You know, this is an exciting team that def- that just happens to be the best defensive team in the world as well. So um, I wish they would still actually have Alvaro Marata también. Uh, Tambien. Here I am starting to talk also, I should say. Um, on the roster because I think he was a good fit there and I think he probably wants to go back um, really good team I think they're due which probably means Monaco is going to win win on a tie in 6-5 so I'm picking Juventus but probably watch Monaco end up winning uh, moving back to uh, back home to the states uh, we're going to talk some MLS interesting development since we last spoke and we're going to get to Orlando City in a moment I know I just teased them but that's how we do in the business it's called a tease um Well, let's just start with the East. The Columbus crew who were first have now dropped three uh, out of their last four with goals drying up offensively and flowing uh, for the opposition. Their last two defeats have allowed the two New York squads to now move ahead of them, Uh, Red Bulls and NYC FC, respectively. Um, Toronto, who hosts Orlando tomorrow, Wednesday, I'm recording this on a Tuesday, um, is fourth and Atlanta, or it's fifth, excuse me, and Atlanta, fun Atlanta is still is sick. So the East teams, they're kind of fun, kind of exciting. I like the way it's it's shaking, it's shaping out there. Um, Tor- and the and the those two teams, they do it kind of differently. Toronto's a stingy defense, and you know I've been talking about how Atlanta plays. They have they scored eighteen goals already in eight games. So you know if you're if you're one of those, you know, and it's semi-true, but you also, again, I said realistic expectations. If you don't think MLS is fun because it's not as good as La Liga, okay, well, that's your own fault for not setting realistic expectations. But I would say give Atlanta United a, a shot. They are very fun to watch. Very, very, very fun to watch. Um, now, I'm going to be honest. I'm not the most diehard MLS fan. Having said that, I do know that the West has kind of dominated the East in this league, Um, just because you know to be to be real fair, there's more passion out West. I would say for this sport. That's just being honest. There's nothing. It's not a knock on anything. You know, Portland and Seattle diehard. California is pretty pretty all in. I mean, they have they have how many teams there? They have San Jose. They have the Galaxy. They have LAFC coming, and I think they have somebody else. I'm forgetting. So, I mean, there's just a bunch of teams out there. Um, but this year it does look, I believe the Eastern conference is actually a little bit better. Um, they may or may not have the best team in the league in Orlando city and their entire top six teams, top six teams have a plus goal differential. So I like that the West, on the other hand, seems to have stumbled out of the gates a little early, still early in the season, but top four still look good. Portland, Casey, Dallas, and Houston are your one through four respectively there. But Seattle's just not getting the results. They've actually have a, um. They scored more than they've conceded. However, they still outside the top six. They have a bunch of ties, so you have to figure with Dempsey and Mortis there, Morris there. They're going to get it figured out. But um, and I don't think any of those top four teams, you know, their top two teams, I should say, wants Seattle as the six seed, the defending champions, if I'm not mistaken. There, no, actually, I think Portland is. Take that back. Sorry. Um, but that's going to be an interesting storyline throughout the season. So come to the moment of truth here. Everybody's been waiting for this moment here. Because this is, you know, the second. Well, Matt, you sound like such a homer. But I'm trying my best not to be a homer. We're going to take a look at Orlando City Soccer Club. They've won two more since we last spoke and now have a road win on the books as well. I mean, there's nothing else I can say. I mean, what more can I say about this team? Again, I'm reminding you, I'm trying to be objective. I don't want to sound like a homer. I really don't. But it's hard not to be excited after watching them so far. They have the second stingiest defense in the league. Second. This is coming from the team that conceded 60-plus goals last year, and they've conceded five this year. Um, you know, the best part of this team is, like I said, they're grinding out victories. They've not really dominated possession most of the games. There's a couple games they have. Um, but the commitment to defense and to each other, you know, has been fantastic. I've been saying it all, every episode. Uh, Jonathan Spector, again, is probably the greatest signing in Orlando City. I know, I know, I know, Kaká. I can't believe we got the World Player of the Year. But, I mean, in terms of helping your team win, man, I mean, well, I can't say Kaká doesn't help the team win, but. All right, the greatest, the second greatest signing. Jonathan Spector has just been fantastic. Bendik has been great. Will Johnson has been awesome. Everything that you've read about is what you're getting with him. And uh, Sutter at right back has been re- advertised to play with Champions League predicate. Um yeah, I'm going to take a moment here to talk about somebody who initially I was not a huge fan of. That's Carlos Fleamas. And I didn't I never understood why he was a DP because I didn't I just Yeah, I didn't like his game. I didn't know what he was. It felt like he just squandered a lot of chances out there. It looked like he was a little lost. You know, whatever. I don't know. Um, However, apparently the player the the problem is not the player himself, but the way he was being deployed. Playing up top, acting as a second striker, in my opinion, has really unlocked his game. And you have to. I have to eat crow on this one because he has been playing awesome this year. And he was finally rewarded with a goal uh, this week, this past weekend. It was a great goal, beautiful goal, you know, just a howler right past the goalkeeper there. Nothing you can do about it. And you can tell how much it meant to him the way he reacted and he celebrated. It. It's one of those where. It's not trying to show off or be like it's about me. It's one of those where, man, I've been putting the work in. Man, I've been practicing hard. Man, I've been seeing the ball go in the net you know, in practice, why am I not getting, why, you know, when you do the process right all the time, the results should come. But sometimes those results can take a while to get there. He earned that goal. It was a great goal, and I'm really happy for him, and the team was happy for him. You can just tell how how everybody felt relief for him. You know, the team, the fans, the coaching staff, everybody. And the way they were praising him after the game, too, was just, you know, you can tell, you know, hopefully – this unlocks him, puts him at ease a little bit, and he can go on and have a big season there. Um, I know, hopefully, he can help this team make a, a deep run. Of course, the captain, Kaka, he came on to a standing ovation, almost cried. First of all, I was about, it was in the second row this week. He's huge. You don't understand how big he is on TV until you see him when he's 10 feet away from you. He's a big man. Um,. Him and Rivas came in at the same time, and they they turned the game. Colorado was was parking the bus. To be fair, uh, to be honest, they were parking the bus, and whatever Atlanta City was doing was just not working. Rivas, Kaká come in, changed the game. Kaká almost had a goal like within like a, a minute or five minutes at least. Um, every the tempo picked up, everything went great, and you know they went on to win there. So. Um, Kaká scored a goal, and he celebrated with the fans. Uh, you could tell how much – he's such a great guy. You could just tell how much it means to him, how the fans react to him. Again, because you, you would have to think, a lot of these people don't didn't even probably know who he was. And, you know, they probably did some research. Like, oh, my God, this guy was World Player of the Year. Yeah, he was World Player of the Year. He was the best player on a team that was full of the best players at AC Milan. And, you know, he's won, he's won like everything. You know he's won the World Cup, he's won Champions League, he's won Serie A. I mean he's 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 the man. He's he's one of the all-time greats. So, um, you know, good for him, good for the team, good for the city, good for everybody. And I can't, you know, I can't say this enough. Again, I get it. I'm a broken record. But Jason Christ is pushing all the right buttons at all the right times. I cannot believe he what he has turned this team into, literally in one summer. Um, this team is a defensive juggernaut. They attack, you know, efficiently. And I mean, they they don't get a lot of shots, but they're very efficient in front of net. Um, and this is why I think this team has a legit shot to win a title. I really do. I mean, they're just they're just smothering on defense. Um, So if you combine the way with how they play, with where they're playing, it's a winning formula. And it's not just that the stadium is loud, because it's loud. It's extremely loud. You should watch the game. You're going to hear how loud it is. This is Florida. And in case anybody knows, Orlando is in the middle of central Florida. We don't have any water around us. We have lakes. but lakes don't generate ocean breeze. We don't have an ocean breeze like Tampa or Sarasota or Miami or Jacksonville or Pensacola or... um, was it, Panama City we don't have the ocean breeze we don't it's really hot it's really humid it was 92 degrees on Sunday or Saturday excuse me it was hot but the great thing is our players practice in it all the time so they can somewhat get used to it and I feel like we kind of have a, a deeper squad a big squad here you know if Christ can keep rotating his players so that they're fresh ones playing and if they can get through this month, this month they have seven games in four weeks. They could really put themselves in a you know great position, of top the to East, as long as they can hold on to Kyle Aaron for the rest of the season. So I'm just fingers are crossed because it'd be so awesome they could make the playoffs and make a deep run. You know I have to hope. I I would hate that we wasted two great years of Kaká, and we're finally have the manager the squad and the stadium and if this is his last year and we don't do anything that would be you know that would be a failure in my opinion so that would be a failure on our part because that we would have wasted two years of two great years of kaka because he was he, he was great uh those two years um so thanks that's all we have for today thank you for listening to, continue to support us throughout the whole process uh you can follow me on instagram um at mateo 8604 um this has been a busy week for me um, our hopefully let me phrase Hopefully, this is going to be a busy week. Uh, we should have some Funky Cool Hoops coming out. I'm probably gonna record another one right now. We're probably gonna do like a double, a double header, like baseball. Speaking of baseball, Yankees are on fire, so just throwing that out there. Um, and it's gonna be easier to do the bat the playoffs now, the NBA, just because it's two games a night compared to like three games and you know that, you know it's it's a little bit more manageable. You can do two games. It's two games. That's it. Um, you can continue to listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Please subscribe again. We really appreciate everybody who's been hanging in there with us and listening and subscribing. We're trying to get everything buttoned down here, uh, but again, it's not easy when you got to do everything. <laughs> you kind of have to do. You have to do a lot, a lot of heavy lifting. You know, getting the show ready, everything like that. Big, another big shout out to my brother-in-law who keeps producing all this stuff and taking time away from my, from his family and everything that he has going on. So. I appreciate the work that he does. And as always, we're going to close out. Make sure you enjoy football on the telly.